Hello and welcome to My PGCE, a podcast documenting my journey as a trainee teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James B. Good morning. As you may know, the podcast is undergoing a bit of a makeover and I've been unsure as to exactly what I want to do with it moving forward. But then I took some inspiration from the headmaster of my school. He said that whenever he's faced with a decision and he's not sure what to do, he brings it back to three principles, foremost among which is it's about learning. So whenever he's faced with a decision, he reminds himself it's about learning. And that helps guide him. It's a guiding principle. So when I think about the podcast, what is it about? It's about my journey as a trainee teacher, my journey to become a teacher with a special focus on my mental health. So I'm going to try a new format this week, which I think will highlight the steps I'm making on my way towards becoming a teacher. We'll see how it goes. The first segment is going to be looking back at the week gone, reflecting on my progress or maybe lack of it. We'll see. And the second segment, which will be a shorter segment, will be about looking forward to the upcoming week and my targets for that week. And those targets will be based on all the feedback that I've received the previous week. And in future episodes, I'll try to marry up the looking forward segment from the previous episode to the looking back segment in the next episode. So we should get a sense of continuity that way. And hopefully a better idea of how I'm doing on this journey. Because before, I think the episodes were a little bit disjointed. Okay, so without further ado, into the first segment, which is looking back, reflecting on the previous week. So how have I made some progress towards becoming a teacher last week? First, a couple of things when it comes to lesson planning. Usually I like to get the majority of my lesson planning done at the weekend. Last week, however, I planned my lessons on Sunday, met with my mentor on Tuesday, and he wanted me to change a few things. Quite a lot of things, actually, and rightly so. So I spent a fair amount of the week planning my lessons as I went along. So that experience of planning things en route rather than before setting off, I think was a very valuable one. Because there will be no doubt many times as a teacher when I do have to plan things last minute. Also to do with planning this week, I planned one lesson knowing full well that the content would spill over into the next lesson. And this again was due to the feedback from my mentor. So 
I had a couple of topics to cover, and he said to cover them over three lessons rather than two. And this was an eye-opening experience because when teaching the first lesson, it was on compound interest, when teaching that first lesson, because I knew that I was going to spill over into the following lesson, I felt less rushed. I felt more relaxed. I didn't feel like I had a certain predetermined amount of content I had to get through in the hour. So that was quite empowering. It also got me onto the idea of planning a unit's worth of lessons, or in fact just planning for a unit rather than planning for individual lessons. Obviously that would take more time initially, but I'd have a much better idea of where I'm going and I'd have this freedom of knowing that I could spill over into the next lesson if needs be, mainly because I would have a better idea of the content that I still need to cover and how much time I have to cover it in. Now I'm not sure I'm at a stage yet where I can do that, but it's something I'm now more aware of and I'll try to develop that knowledge of the curriculum going forward so that I can perhaps do something like that in the near future. Something else I do each week is teach a year 11 support option. So these are students from year 11 who've elected to have an extra maths lesson per week. And this is a lesson that I don't plan for. Well, I certainly don't plan it the weekend before, because often I don't know the topics that we'll need to cover until the day before, or even on the day, because it depends on what topics they've covered with their usual maths teacher that week. And so my planning for these support option lessons usually consists of finding out the topic, finding a suitable task, a suitable worksheet, printing that off, and then thinking about the sorts of things that I'll need to talk about at the beginning so that they have a good chance of making good progress through the worksheet. And I felt that this week I had the best support option class that I've had so far. So it's a small group, only five of them. None of the students have English as their first language. It's an additional language. So that's a barrier there. So I try to focus or at least this week anyway I tried to make I tried to focus especially on identifying keywords and I even spelled them out on the board so that they'd know how to pronounce them how to identify them what they meant and there was some very clear progression in this lesson so at the start of the lesson at least 3 if not 4 of them were making mistakes and the same mistakes over and over when calculating or trying to calculate the area of a circle. But by the end of the lesson, I was confident that every student in that room could calculate the area of a circle, given the radius, which I was delighted about. And yes, so for me as a trainee, when I haven't tried to plan the lesson in every detail beforehand, I do feel much more flexible in the lesson. And I've had experience of that now in this support option lesson. 
and I feel that I can adapt to the student needs. So in this lesson, I identified certain student needs and changed the trajectory of the lesson in order to accommodate those needs and to address them. Whereas if I'd planned a lesson beforehand, I may have wanted to plough on with the lesson I'd planned, regardless of whether I was leaving students behind. So I'd say those were the two main points of progress or realisations from the past week that'll help me on my way to becoming a better teacher. So moving on to the looking forward segment, I teach various lessons throughout the week and I get lots of feedback on those lessons for which I'm really grateful. I get feedback from my mentor, I get feedback from my head of department and this week I got feedback from another teacher as well who joined my mentor in observing one of my year 10 lessons. And this morning I've sifted through all that feedback and constructed my targets for next week which I've emailed to my mentor so he can sign them off. So my targets for next week are to enforce silence. So I often ask for silence, but I don't always enforce it. So if I decide I want silence and I ask for it, I've got to back it up. I've got to enforce silence. And if students aren't then silent, I need to be more consistent with my sanctions. So the school has a strong behaviour system a strong system for dealing with behaviour, where you escalate students through C1, C2, C3, C4. So I need to be more consistent with my consequences for poor behaviour. And similarly, conversely, I need to be more consistent with my praise as well. I need to make sure that I'm praising students for good work. When I'm doing my questioning, I need to make sure that I'm questioning lots of students and not just a few, I need to get a better idea of the understanding in the entire room rather than just the understanding in a few individuals here and there. When I'm modelling my solutions, so what I tend to do in my lessons, and this is something I've seen my head of department do in my current school, and lots of other teachers do too, it seems to be a tried and tested approach to teaching maths, I think it was also the approach when I was at school. It's just how maths is taught. Anyway, what I tend to do is I'll model an example. I'll run through an example question on the board and think aloud whilst I'm doing it. And then the students will have a go at a question of their own, which is very similar to the example I've just run through. It only differs in superficial detail, so just a few numbers changed here and there. But one of my targets for next week is to think aloud in more detail. When I'm modelling my solution to the example question, I need to talk about what I'm thinking about before I answer the question. So I've had a look at the question and I need to talk about the sorts of things that are springing to mind when I see this sorts of question the sort of pitfalls I need to look out for, the sorts of key information that I need to identify in the question, things like that. Then I need to talk more explicit, explicitly about what I'm doing during the question and what I'm doing 
after I've arrived at my answer. So how am I checking that it's the right answer? For instance, if I've been calculating the mean of a set of numbers and I look at my final answer and it's bigger or smaller than any of the numbers on the list, then that's a quick check I can do to decide whether I've gotten the right answer. So yes, when I'm modelling my solutions, I'm going to try to be more explicit about what I'm thinking about before, during and after the question. I'm going to get my students to pack away earlier. Often it's a bit rushed towards the end. And I need to sort out homework earlier too. Again, that sometimes adds to the chaos at the end of a lesson at the moment. I need to spend less time facing slash talking to the board. So often when I'm modelling my solutions, I spend a long time looking and talking to the board. I've got my back to the class. My mentor says that after every sentence or after every step in the solution, just to look over my shoulder to make sure nothing untoward is going on behind me and just to make sure that students are still paying attention. When I'm circulating the classroom, as the students are doing their work, I need to check the workbooks a little bit more to make sure, basically, that students are doing work. And this is part of a, a broader goal at the moment, to have more explicit instructions over what I want students to be writing in their book and how I want their books to look. So yes, those are my targets for next week. And I will talk about the extent to which I've met those targets in the looking back section of the next episode. That said, I won't do an episode next week because I'm probably going to be visiting my partner up north. But I will do one the following week. A back-to-back -back bumper double episode thing. Okay, so we've done looking back, we've done looking forward. It was still a bit messier than I'd like it to be, but I kind of like this format, and I think I'll be able to tidy it up over time moving forward. Last but not least, I need to talk about my mental health. So the main thing this week regarding my mental health has been a change in mindset towards my to-do list. One of the things I do in order to manage my mental health and to stave off cognitive overload is I keep extensive to-do lists. Anything I need to remember, it just goes on a to-do list because then I've freed up a little bit of space in my head then, which I can use to do something else. This week, my to-do list almost became overwhelming and was becoming anxiety-inducing because I keep to-do lists, yes, but I also like to get things on my to-do list done. I've got a really long to-do list. And from that to-do list, I make a daily to-do list each day, a much smaller one of the things that I'd like to accomplish from my big to-do list that day. And I found that I regularly wasn't getting those things done. But instead of panicking about it, well, I mean, I did have a bit of a panic, but I just had to change my mindset and I had to become more ruthless with my prioritization. So when picking my shorter daily to-do list, I ask myself again and again, what needs doing? 
today? What needs to get done? And to decide that, often I look at what I've got on the following day. So what I've got on the following day will determine what I prioritise today. And I spoke to my mentor about this in my meeting yesterday. And he said, yeah, that's kind of the only way to do it. He said that he hasn't completed all the items on his to-do list for about three and a half years. So yes, this week there was a moment when I felt a little bit overwhelmed by my to-do list and it was starting to become counterproductive. But then I've introduced a much more brutal prioritisation policy and I feel like that's solved the problem. For now, anyway. (laughs) Well, that's all for this week. I hope you had a good week. I hope that you met all of your targets and I hope that you've got a clear idea of what targets you're going to try to meet next week. And in two weeks' time, I'll be back to discuss my own with you. If you like the episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at MyPGCEPod or email MyPGCEPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MyPGCEPod and helping fund both the podcast and my PGCE course. Thank you and talk again soon.